0: Heideum is one of the oldest Christian liturgical prayers that's not actually derived from the Bible. There's a rather nice legend that it was improvised spontaneously by the saints Ambrose and Augustine at the latter's baptism in AD 387. But alas, legend it almost certainly is. Modern scholars now tend to view it as the work of Nicetas, Bishop of Remesiana, in Serbia, but it was composed at around the same time. The Te Deum has a big significance in the Catholic Church, and it's widely used by Anglicans and Lutherans, too. For Catholics, it's particularly associated with special occasions – the election of a pope, the canonization of a saint, the crowning of a king or queen, or thanksgiving for a declaration of peace. But the appeal for Giuseppe Verdi was rather different. Verdi was emphatically not a religious man. In fact, he was quite outspokenly anti-clerical. His views on religious belief were summarised by his wife Giuseppina. For some virtuous people, a belief in God is a necessity. Others, equally perfect while observing every precept of the highest moral code, are happier believing in nothing. But acknowledgment that for some good people, belief in God might be a necessity is a long way from Richard Dawkins. It indicates that religious faith might be a source of considerable interest for an artist, that he might find it a moving and even personally involving subject, even if he stops short of intellectually subscribing to the doctrines. Well, the man who... this prayer in La Forza del Destino was evidently not one who found genuine faith risible. Verdi striving for in his setting of the Te Deum? It certainly is not a liturgical piece, and the opening contrasts very strongly with the greatest near-contemporary setting, that of Anton Bruckner in 1884. The Te Deum had a very personal significance for the devout Bruckner, yet his opening follows tradition in capturing the grandeur of the opening sentiment. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. Thank you. and ritual antiphonal alternation between unaccompanied choirs. however, has one thing in common with Bruckner. It's derived from elements in plain chant. One commonly used version of the Te Deum chant begins like this. The opening lines on the basses and then the tenors clearly come from that shape, with just a little Verdian melodic decoration. The atmosphere here is remote, otherworldly, timeless. Ancient elements live on unchanged. You don't have to get too mystical, though. This could just as easily be a cloister scene from one of Verdi's operas. But hardly have our eyes and ears got used to this dim, mysterious scene and suddenly the stage is flooded with light. Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. Now Verdi really does respond to the grandeur of the words, but the character, indeed the scene, has changed. We're no longer in the cloister, now it's the cherubim and the seraphim of the text who sing, or perhaps a great crowd of ordinary men and women. Let's just go back to that last dazzling harmonic shift. Did that remind you of And the cherub stands before God. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, the choral finale, and a similar harmonic twist with a cherubic link. There's a strong suspicion here for me that Verdi had that moment from the work of another great humanist at least at the back of his mind. Beethoven is also celebrating humanity joyously united. In the words of Schiller, even the worm can know delight. Here in Verdi also we have heaven and earth rejoice in the words of the Sanctus. That tremendous harmonic wrench brings a twist into a new and startlingly remote key, G-flat major, and it brings with it a reinterpretation of those sanctus words on a more heavenly plane. First, there's a return to the cloistered simplicity of the opening, but then we have ethereal sounds, women's voices, high violin harmonics, and seraphic piping from the woodwind. Are places where the Te Deum text cries out for grandeur. Tu Rex Gloriae Christi, Thou art the King of Glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. Verdi wrote about his concept of this music in a letter at the time he was composing the Teodere, 1896. The letter is addressed to the choirmaster Giovanni Tebaldini. The opening, says Verdi, lends itself to rejoicing, for heaven and earth rejoice, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus but towards the middle it changes tone and expression. to ad liberandum, you took it upon yourself to redeem man. It is Christ, born of the Virgin, who opens to humanity the kingdom of heaven. Humanity believes in the judge who is to come, invokes him in Save Thy People, and ends with a prayer, "Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day. It's moving, sad, to the point of terror. All this has nothing to do with victories and coronations. I think that's a good point, well made, and it's one not lost on Bruckner in his Te Deum. But Verdi takes it even further. It is humanity's beliefs and fears that interest him. The Te Deum text is a great compendium of the deepest emotions, and Verdi heightens that in his music. The voices join contrapuntally in the next section in praying to the coming Redeemer. to the word eudex, the judge who is to come, brings echoes of the apocalyptic fanfares in Verdi's great requiem. brings a return to the much more simple eloquence of prayer, Salvum Fac Populum Tuum, O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Verdi is now preparing for the ending of the Te Deum and the unique stress he is going to bring to it. There's a huge contrast here with the grand ceremonial endings of the te deums of Bruckner, Berlioz, Haydn, Charpentier, and the others who famously set this text. Their prospect of salvation is celebrated noisily. Here, Verdi comes to a very different conclusion one liturgical prayer attracted verdi from relatively early on in his long career and he returned to it continually it's the prayer from the requiem liberame domine de morte eterna deliver me o lord from eternal death in 1868, when Verdi was 55, Rossini died. Verdi suggested to several other composers that they combine to write a requiem for him, and Verdi started the ball rolling by writing his own setting of the Libera Me prayer. But this composite requiem was never performed in Verdi's lifetime, but Verdi remained very proud of his libera mei, and he kept tinkering with it, till eventually it found a home as the conclusion of his great requiem of 1874. This was Verdi's response to the death of a writer and noted humanist, Alessandro Manzoni, who Verdi admired intensely throughout his adult life. So here we have admiration for a humanist, one who probably wouldn't have requested a requiem mass for his own death. Yet the non-religious Verdi recognises that religious language can still be the most powerful means of addressing loss and the terror of death. The liberame remains the most emotive part of Verdi's requiem. He approaches the end of his Te Deum in a similar way. We have hushed antiphonal choirs dwelling on the word miserere, have mercy. After that comes a big crescendo on in te sperave. In thee, O oh Lord, have I trusted, hope rises. then, as at the end of the requiem, a solo soprano intones the prayer reverently, fearfully, on one repeated note. striking that Verdi's Te Deum should end, like his requiem, with a solo soprano. And yet now it's not an operatic solo soprano. Verdi wants not an attention-seeking diva, but a member of the chorus, one of the collective who speaks for all, for all humanity, as Verdi put it, moving sad to the point of terror. It's all the more moving when you remember that the Te Deum is one of Verdi's last works. He was 83 just four years to live. This presents us with a fascinating, seeming contradiction. Verdi may have remained staunchly anti-clerical to his end, yet at the end of his life he asked for his Te Deum to be buried with him. It's a paradox. Verdi may well have been an atheist as is sometimes claimed, and yet his emotional involvement in the prayer of the Te Deum is unmistakable. Well. Perhaps we're all allowed to be a bit self-contradictory or paradoxical in the face of mortality, especially when the musical results are so eloquent.